welcome back to another episode of the Auto What Podcast. My name is Keegan Hahn. I'm sitting with Rob Atrell, Amon Bashir, and our esteemed guest, wow. Chris Bailey. Hey. How you doing, Chris? Good. How are you guys? Great. Wonderful. Beautiful. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're very happy to have Chris on our 37th episode of the Auto What Podcast. Getting up there. Uh, Chris is <laughs> an author... Um, I've, I've been told not to say guru, so I'll please, say please a, don't say he's guru, a productivity no. wizard. Word, yeah, oh, there we go. Please don't say self help either. <laughs> wizard, yeah, that's yeah. a cool one. Yeah, no, we, should, cool. we should do that. Yeah, we we had a, a PR or a marketing person on a while ago. Des, and yeah. yeah, oh, you know Des, yeah, I know Des, yeah, we're friends, and we're buddies. I, I said guru off mic, and I think uh, she she got really mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. The the worst is when somebody calls themselves a guru. Oh yeah, like, yeah. that happens worse. too often. The, yeah. the worst is social media guru. Right. Yeah. Because what does that mean? What does that even just, mean? Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. just drop. Makes yeah. sense. Um, <laughs> before we get into the interview part of the podcast, we have. Uh, Something to drink here. A special request. Oh, yeah. Be- sh- before we even do that. Oh, damn it. Uh, Chris, <laughs> I'd like you to assess Keegan's opening. It, uh, based, based on what factors? Uh, really, are, all are we factors. Talking about, yeah. First of all, how comfortable he made you feel. How professional he sounded. Uh, Whiteness when, of his shirt. Uh, it's not very white. Yeah, yeah, it's not very white. Yeah, a few stains on it. <laughs> uh, now, this is just for us, but... The way he's gestured, uh, I, I don't like to bring any bias to anybody. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> but when he said Rob Atrelli pointed at Rob, and when he said Amon Bashir pointed at himself, uh, which is kind of weird. But <laughs> See, I got anyway, confused. That, that threw me off. Right? Yeah, I'm totally I mean, He looks like right Amon. Now. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so that said, if you can give uh, a rating uh, from 1 to 10 and maybe some feedback. You, you know, Keegan and I are good buds. So I'm going to say a solid 8.2 out of 10. You know, he he yeah. could dress right. a little nicer for the he part. Could. He you know, should. He is wearing, you know, it's it's a shirt for a podcast. If, so, you know, he's not on TV. If so I can be maybe honest, it's not, yeah. he came in uh, ready to record in a nice sweater. Yeah, oh, it's a beautiful sweater, no, but he okay. took it off but, and now he has his white t-shirt. Also, he took it off before the picture. Yeah. I'm wearing right? a white t-shirt, blue jeans, classic look. The only reason I put that nice blue fuzzy sweater on is because this was wrinkly. It is and wrinkly. I thought the static could <laughs> yeah. pull out the wrinkles. Yeah. It didn't work. No. J- just so you guys, <laughs> just so you guys listening can see this, we're going to take another picture after the podcast is done with the white T-shirt. Yeah. So you know what we're talking about. So you can send him a rating. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Eight point two. Eight point two. That's not that's bad. Yeah. That's my not new bad. strategy: is I just line our guest list with my friends. <laughs> Skew the average. Yeah, Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, Okay, but now we can move on to our uh, what's normally our beer segment. But we we have a special request. Rob, do you want to talk about it? Oh, it's not always beer. It's fair to say we've had pastries on. We've had local, I guess, local treats. You're right. We have. Yeah, we've had wine as well. So this is this is an Ontario whiskey. Uh, Chris mentioned that he was feeling a little under the weather, and so apparently whiskey is good for colds. Whiskey is great for clearing up a cold. I hear. Yeah, yeah, so we're going to try 40 request. Creek Barrel Select Whiskey. Ooh, okay. We'll see, I guess. We'll follow we will, up yeah. <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly it's just magically gone. Now- <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's very, very good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not much of a whiskey drinker, but uh, so I, I don't really, I can't really compare to, to much, but anyway, I mean, it's everything I would expect. A whiskey, a whiskey to be. Although I've never really had Forty Creek before. No, no, me um, either. This is less abrasive than other whiskeys I've had. Like some whiskeys, 
I wanted to spit out immediately. I yeah. mean, this one is was tolerable. It kind of yeah. rolls off the tongue. And yeah. Very good. It's pretty sweet, which I like. It is. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of sweet. Yeah. It it yeah it, it goes down probably as smooth as one of those uh, stronger but flavored whiskeys might like you know those that might have like maple or honey or something in it. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I I've enjoyed it. And it's from, uh, it's not like a big brew, eh? It's, or a big distillery, right? It's from... Uh, yeah, Grimsby, Grimsby which Yonder, we looked right? it up. It's just near St. Catharines mm. down in southern Ontario. Okay. I have a friend who's from Grimsby, and he always says that it's like the drug abuse capital oh. of Canada or something. Yeah, oh, great. Like Everybody wants that title. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why it's a plastic bottle, yeah, not a glass bottle. Yeah. Like they really pulled together as a community. Yeah, that so makes sense. That number one spot. <laughs> One thing this time, I, I will note uh, on their site, 40creekwhiskey.com, they, they've got a bunch of awards here that this whiskey has won over the last five years. Uh, a lot of gold medals from the Beverage Testing Institute. And uh, they also have a quote here from Michael Jackson saying, this is the richest tasting whiskey I've ever tasted, and it wins points for luxury. It's, oh. it's important to write, uh, to, to note that it says Michael Jackson, comma, whiskey expert. Oh yeah, so, so it's, it's not really not the king of pop. May not be the king of pop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whiskey expert is also a very hard thing to say, especially when you've been having whiskey. Whiskey, whiskey expert. Whiskey. That's a lot of, whiskey. That's a lot of sounds. It's like yeah. Nickelbrook Brewery. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's another one. That's pretty bad. Yeah, that's. Uh, Chris, do you know anything about whiskey? I I know nothing about okay. whiskey. I'll be honest with you. Oh. I, I hear it's good for clearing a cold. That's why I, that's I suggested it. But you okay. know, I, I don't taste any notes of anything. I just taste whiskey, okay. and it tastes pretty good. Cool. So this is more of a scientific segment than anything. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to see what happens to Chris. (laughs) It's a a productivity experiment. (laughs) So you might not know much about whiskey, but I'm sure you know all about where you came from. Uh, yes. why, don't you, uh, why don't you tell that, us? That's me? a great segue. It's a Keegan-level segue. Yeah. Yeah. Four, four so, out of ten on the segue. Somehow we've switched positions. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Uh, why don't you uh, tell us about yourself, Chris? Where, yeah. where are you from, first of all? I, I'm, I was born in Alberta. Oh, yeah, Red Deer, Alberta. It's yeah. smack You know Red Deer? I'm from Calgary. You're I from Calgary, yeah. <laughs> so, so there's a city, Calgary. There's a city, Edmonton. And Red Deer is smack dab in the middle of yeah. it. And we moved over to Ontario to a town called Belleville well, oh, yeah. when I was in grade six or eight or something, something along those lines. Yeah. Okay. And then I came to Ottawa for university, and I haven't left since. And I love this city. Yeah. Um, the reason I have a cold is because I was just stressed out. I was in New York for a week. Uh, visiting folks about my book and it's just such a different pace uh in new york city compared to ottawa you know they Great. move so fast they they don't smile at you when you walk yeah. down the street <laughs> people don't make eye, eye contact with one another yeah. so i'm happy to be uh, back in this city and this is where i've been living for about six six or seven years i think yeah, yeah. it's interesting that you say that that's one of the first things that sort of drew me to ottawa as well just <laughs> You know, coming to coming to Ottawa and you have somebody hold the door open for you. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not something you expect in a big city. Well, I, I mean, coming from smaller towns, you don't you kind of see Ottawa as a big city. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but it doesn't you feel you that way. It. it doesn't yeah. feel that way at all. Because you get these tiny little communities that kind of build up within it. Definitely. That, that combine to create this one city. Definitely. Not just one city that right. happens yeah. to have communities. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So so that's so. kind of the feeling that I get. It's like a bunch of small towns yeah, uh, that combine into one to create a city. And, and you get that the more cities you visit. Yeah. Um, and the more you see how other cities work, you know, it's it, Ottawa's not like other cities. No, it, it's fantastic like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you can really notice that in the way people interact as well, which is uh, sort of what you just uh, alluded to. Oh, if you're on the subway in right. in New York City, you know, 
if you make eye contact with somebody, that's like a threat. You know, they, they perceive it as a threat, and then they, they say, well, what does this guy want? You know, he's going to rob me. Or something. But if somebody makes eye contact um, on a bus in Ottawa, they, you smile at them. Sure. And then you go on their day with that smile. That's it. And, and so that's the difference between the two cities and other cities compared to Ottawa, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Your perception of others. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, great. So now, you know, you've been here for a little while. Uh, you're... You went through university, but right after university is when you started your current project. Yeah. Now, do you want to talk about sort of what happened in May of, of 2013? Yeah. So May of 2013, I'd worked hard up to that point. Of course. Um, I had a few co-op work terms during university um, and I worked hard. So I got to the point where I graduated and I received a couple full-time job offers. Um, but I looked at them and I thought, you know, these these have good paying salaries. You know, I could see the next kind of 30 to 40 years in front of me. Sure. But they didn't really have much meaning behind them. And so so then I got kind of exploring, okay, what other roads, what kind of other paths uh, are there that I could possibly explore? And I, it, I just naturally came to productivity. You know, some people are obsessed with like normal things like music <laughs> and, and, po- and podcasts and, and things sure. like that. But I'm obsessed with kind of um, getting more done in less time. Not not the self help kind of BS productivity stuff, but like <laughs> right. but like actually getting more done every okay, right. day. Um, that that's kind of what I've always been obsessed with. You know, getting more time, more out of your time, uh, getting more energy, and focusing more yeah. uh, throughout the day. So that's when I decided to um, decline those two jobs and you know devote a year of my life to exploring productivity. Um, and so that, that's what I did for a year. You know, I I thought you know why do anything if you're not going to do, do it right. And so yeah. I ran productivity experiments on myself for a year. Um, I interviewed the greats. Um, I read as many books and journal articles as I could get my hands on about productivity. And I wrote about it on a year of productivity.com, which was the website. Yeah. Um, it's now a life of productivity um, about everything <laughs> that I learned over the course of that journey. I wrote about a hundred thousand words sure. over wow. the course cool. of that year um, and hopefully helped a lot of people by sharing what I've learned over the course of that experiment. That makes sense. And you know, the the purpose of it wasn't to make money. You know, if if I if I wanted to make money, I would have taken one of those jobs. Right. Sure. Um, I didn't have ads, I didn't have sponsorships <laughs> on the website. Yeah. You know, it's really just kind of um exploring this passion of mine for a year. Yeah. Um I had 12 grand saved up because of these co-op work terms when okay. I graduated. And I thought, you know, if if I ate a lot of beans and rice for a year, <laughs> I could spend a $1000 a month. Sure. Um and I could make this work. I had a year of runway and here we are today. Wow. That's amazing. That's awesome. It's uh, so it's interesting. You said you didn't start off thinking about, you know, make using this to make money or anything like that. Yeah. Your motivation was, was just learning more about sort of the art of productivity or yeah. the science, I guess, it, of productivity. I, I'm, I'm a really, really curious person. Yeah. Um, you know, out of all the attributes that I have, you know, I'm not good at sports. I'm not good at other things, but sure. the curiosity, mine is through the roof. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll get lost in a book for hours on end just because it's sure. kind of a weird book that I haven't explored before. Sure. Um, and, and so that that's kind of what motivated me is this curiosity. And I wanted to center the year around um, curiosity about this one topic that I've been obsessed with. Right. Great. What do you say productivity is an art or a science? Amon brought up a good point. I, I think I think it's a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you need creativity um, to... Um, to accomplish more over the course of the day. Right. I, I kind of see productivity as, um, okay, so, so the day is done. What did you actually accomplish? Um, okay. Productivity isn't how busy you are. <clears throat> it's, okay, um, what did you accomplish at the end of every day? 
or at the end of every week or at the end right. of every month. Right. Um, you know, you could work on email all day long and some people do and they say, yeah. I'm getting really productive at email, but yet they don't really accomplish anything. Sure. Um, and so, you know, you need a bit of art and a bit of science to, to accomplish something. And so I think the answer is both. Yeah. Neat. <clears throat> right. that, that makes a lot of sense. Like being able to quantify what you've done. And, yeah. uh, it, it's funny, you know, when I started the project, I had this stats page on my website um, and it had live updating stats of exactly how many words I wrote <laughs> and exactly how many hours I invested in the project, <laughs> exactly how many pages I read. And I realized that that was the one of the worst measurements of my productivity that I could possibly <laughs> come up with. Sure. You know, what if I wrote 2000 words over the course of the day? Well, the Gettysburg Address was, you know, a fraction of that. Yeah. You know, what what Good did point. I really accomplish uh, when the day was said and done? Mm -hmm. and, okay. and so, you know, I, I think these stats and these figures um, are one way of measuring how much you get done. Yep. But I think they just kind of tell a part of the the, right. the story yeah. and it doesn't have this kind of richness. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, where does intent come into play? <laughs> So like whether what you intend to do in terms of tasks, yeah. how does that play into, you know, whether you're productive or not? I, or I, I think, I think being productive and being deliberate about what you work on are the exact same thing. That makes sense. You know, you have to kind of step back uh, from your work or from whatever it is that you do to figure out what's important before you invest your time, your energy and your attention into the right things, you know, or else you're just going to be working on email all day long. Right. right. Or you're going to be doing these kind of low return activities. Sure. You know, different, different activities have a different amount of return that they give you for your time. Like take writing a report as an example and watching Netflix. You know, anyone can kind yeah, of look sure. at that and they can say, okay, I'm going to get a lot more done writing a report than I am, you know, watching Netflix for an hour. Sure. Um, but, you know, different tasks have different amount of return that, that you get out of them. And so that's kind of where the room for productivity is. Right. It's in doing the right things in the first place okay. and doing the right things with a lot of intention and with a lot of deliberateness behind that. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and that's oftentimes the hard part because yeah. we have all these forces that are working against us in the opposite direction. We have smartphones that are beeping and buzzing. We have uh, notifications coming in from every single direction all, yeah. all around us. Um, and it's hard to kind of um, stay clear uh, amidst that fray of, of our workplace. Yeah. Uh, but it's something that we absolutely have to do to kind of have this clarity of what's important. Right. You know, taking a step back. What, one of my favorite things to do and I do this every single morning is before I start work, before I check my email, before I connect uh, to anything, I sit down with a pen and a piece of paper. These days it's my whiteboard and I write down the three things that I want to accomplish that day. <clears throat> and those, you know, taking the time to step back to figure out what's important before you actually spend your time on anything mm -hmm. is one of the most productive things that you can do. You know, right. a lot of people invest in their productivity without actually figuring out what they want to be productive on. And so okay. ta taking yeah. that step back, seeing your work from 10,000 feet, figuring out what's important before you dive into everything uh, can, you know, allow you to, you know, if you use productivity, if you equate productivity with how much you accomplish, that'll let you get so much more done because you're being very, very deliberate about what you get done. Right. <clears throat> so you, you did this one year of productivity um, and you mentioned that you, you set out keeping track of pages written, yeah. pages read, all this stuff. Uh, what were your actual goals for this one year? 
My my goal was to dive as deep into this topic as I possibly could okay. and, and learn as much as I could about the topic. But by the way, the whiskey's working, you know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. clearing up some things. Right, uh, <laughs> so, so my goal was to, you know, dive as deep into this topic and spread what I learned to as many people as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. And and I had no idea, you know, how the heck that would turn out. It turned out pretty well yeah. um, at, at the end of the day, but... Um, it, it was kind of fueled by that curiosity t- just to discover new things. Because I'd been into productivity for about a decade uh, okay. by the time I started my project. and I, But I still knew, um, you know, I still know right now, even though I know more than a lot of people about productivity, I still know that there's just so much more to know about the topic. And, sure. and so th- that's kind of what, what drove me. And that's what that's what keeps driving me right now, I guess. Sure. Is cool. that it? I forget what the question was. Well, the question was like, <laughs> I mean... I asked if you had any goals, and those are mm. goals. Did you have anything concrete yeah. that you were hoping to get out? One million hits on the website. And? And I think I hit two million. Awesome. Uh, yeah. by, by the day I finished the project. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. You were talking about like your whiteboard routine yeah. in the morning. I just wanted to know how important are routines in terms of productivity? Like, Do you have a like, kind of set routine? Yeah. Especially now, because I'm I'm writing a book right, yeah. um, about everything that I learned over the course of the project, and so I have I have this kind of routine. Anything that you turn into a routine, it it becomes this kind of habit that you do automatically, and sense. so you don't have to you don't have to expend any energy or willpower because you simply do it automatically. You know, the first time you go to the gym, you have to really, really force yourself to go to yeah. the gym. And, you know, some people talk about a 30-day rule with habits, but it depends on the habit that you're trying to integrate into your life, right? Yeah. If you if you wanted to form a habit to eat a chocolate bar every afternoon, <laughs> yeah. you know, I bet you that would take one day yeah. to, to start that habit. But, but if, you, if you want to start a habit to go to the gym... Uh, every single day, you know, that might take you much longer. Yeah. But once that becomes a habit and once that becomes a ritual or a routine, it just becomes part of the tapestry of your day and you don't have to propel yourself to do it. It's just something that you do automatically right. because you do it in response to the certain time of day uh, mm-hmm. that comes up in the calendar. And so my my work right now, you know, I, I by the way, I have the most kind of luxurious work, um, you know, kind of space the, the, like mental space, I mean, yeah. the, that, I po- <clears throat> that I could imagine. You know, I have complete control over how I spend my time and right. I have complete control over the distractions around me right. um, and, you know, how I spend my day. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't have this luxury. Um, but I, I think routines can still be really, really powerful yeah. um, in terms of the way people were, you know, getting up at a set time every day so your energy levels are consistent throughout the week. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, drinking coffee strategically, you know, not not <laughs> making coffee a part of your routine is is, one, is a really productive thing you can, can okay. do. Yeah. Uh, right now, my routine, I, I wake up at about seven. I wake up naturally every morning. Um, I go to the oh. gym, I meditate um, and I plan out my day for a couple of hours from nine until one p.m. I write and from one p.m. until about six or seven p.m. I read. So it's, wow. it's this kind oh. of set routine. Uh, where, you know, I get to be curious about what I love. Sure. I get to, you know, kind of express these things that I'm learning in this book that I'm writing. Um, but I still have this kind of structure with, within uh, which I do it. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, you read for six hours? Yeah. Oh, Every day. So what kind of stuff do you read? I mean, you have six hours to fill every day. What do you... Yeah. What do you fill it with usually? Well, it's funny. It's it's kind of a combination of reading. Half the time I'm reading, but half the time I get inspired by a, an idea that I just read about. Okay. And then I dive into that topic. I research that topic. Right. Then I nice. go back to the book. Okay. Um, right now I'm reading a biography on Einstein. 
which is, you know, it, it's, it, it's kind of, you know, one of those things that doesn't have much to do with productivity yeah. until you realize that Einstein's one of the most productive men that ever lived. <laughs> sure. um, I'm reading the first Lord of the Rings book right now because fiction is this uh, incredible way to let your mind wander and become more creative throughout the day. Sure. Um, I'm reading a book about the relationship between food and energy. It's called The All-Day Energy Diet. It's not very good so far. Um, and, <laughs> and, I, and I'm reading a book called The Power of No, uh, about yeah. saying no to the oh, things that I've come heard. your way yeah. by James Altucher, which, uh, which I, I'm just a few pages in. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really glad you are not done that book by the time we asked you to be here because uh, we're really glad you're here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've heard a lot about this whole the power of no and, and being very selective about what you mm. put your energy into. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know I've spent a lot of my time recently being very deliberate about what I actually do and what I put energy into. Yeah, and that that's kind of the key, right, is yeah. the deliberateness. The deliberateness mm-hmm. about, you know, what you work on in the first place. Yeah. Right. You know, the, the best way to become more productive is to free up more time for right. the things, you know, the, the things that aren't the Netflixes of the world, the things sure. that are the report writings of, of mm-hmm. the world. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that's how you become more productive. You, you free up time from these low return commitments um, and obligations and kind of habits that you have and invest that time into the things that give you a greater return. Yeah. You know, whether that's the reports of, uh, you know, of your life or whether that, those are the more meaningful things of your life, like spending time. Uh, with your family or with your loved ones or yeah. with your friends. Sure. Yeah. And, and that sounds like something that becomes more and more of a priority as you grow older too, right? I mean, just in my personal life and in, in the lives of a lot of people I know is that, you know, come high school or early university, you try to fit in as much as you can. And later university, you might sort of reprioritize things. And as soon as you finish and as soon as you get into sort of whether it's a workforce or whatever you do, whatever your next step is, yeah, uh, that's when you really start focusing on well, what's more important to me? Because now I'm feeling my time is a lot more limited. Yeah, so what do I actually value? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cool. Yeah. Um, bringing it back to uh, what you were doing over the year, you spoke to some of the experiments you were putting, you know, upon yourself type thing or on yourself. Yeah. Could you speak to some of those experiments? Yeah, for sure. There, there were some kind of crazy ones. Um, you know, the the experiments were kind of this way to, you know, instead of just researching for a year and just reading about. What, what I was learning. I wanted to kind of use the year as a sandbox uh, to mm-hmm. experiment with these productivity theories to see what actually worked and what didn't. Sure. Um, and so I did things like I used my smartphone for only an hour a day for three months. Um, I watched 70 hours of TED Talks over the course of the week. Uh, of one hours? week, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was 296 <laughs> TED Talks. Oh, uh, Lord. To play around with how things like taking breaks yeah. and, you know, napping and doing things like meditating. Sure. Uh, you know, interacted with how I was able to retain information. Mm-hmm. Um, I meditated for 35 hours over the course of one week. Oh, um, I, I drank only water for a month. Um, drank only water. Yeah. So, what? so you had food. I, I had food. Drank. I had food. <laughs> um, but, but I essentially got rid of, of, uh, you know, alcohol, caffeine and sugar right, yeah, uh, right. drinks yeah. uh, to see how that impacted my productivity. I drank or I ate only soylent. For a week, have you heard of soy? Yeah, it's, it's this kind no. of powder. We, we've talked about it on the show before, Soylent? I believe. It's the nastiest stuff you could ever imagine. <laughs> it's a, it's a powdered food substitute where yeah. you just add oh. water to it, and it has everything that you nutritionally need to get by over the course Ooh, of the day. Yeah. It, and I drank, I tried to drink that for only a week. That's one of the only experiments I failed. Um, oh. I, I gained ten pounds of lean muscle mass uh, while doing my best to lower my body fat from seventeen down to ten percent. 
Um, cool. You know, it, it was kind of experiments like that. that. That's just kind of the tip of the iceberg yeah. of, of things that I experimented with over the course of the year. Yeah. So it's things like that to really, you know, experiment with my time, my energy and my attention. And huh. and did you learn anything, you know, about yourself or about some of the habits you previously had? Yeah. You get to 10% body fat. No, yeah, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. Really? I was still working that. And I had to write some tough articles yeah. about how I how I failed at that experiment and oh, why. Yeah. Sure, yeah, and, yeah, you know, just just to just to kind of be honest with, with the readers of my site, right? Yeah. Uh, so no, it's hard. Th- like there, forty percent, I think. Last time I checked. No, 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 no. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> four, 43 at least. Yeah. I like a, uh, oh, you're good. Test. <laughs> <laughs> you have the calipers. Yeah. Wow. Uh. <laughs> No, they're they're Sorry, lessons. I de- derailed the no, last question. No sweat. No, I love talking about your body. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so there are kind of lessons from from all of them. But the thing about these experiments was the lessons were really kind of subjective, right? Because they were just right, yeah. seeing productivity through my lens. Yeah, which and is yeah. important still. Which, which is important for me, but for somebody reading it. Yeah, uh, so, so what I did is I kind of used that as a trigger to look at the research. Um, with regard to these different things, like the research around meditation, for an example, mm-hmm. uh, in meditating for 35 hours over the course of a week and how that, you know, affects your brain sure. on a neurological level yeah. and, and all these different things. So, so, you know, lessons from every single one of them, for sure. Yeah, interesting. Uh, why don't we jump to a segment? Yeah, sounds good. Uh, maybe what's going down by town? Yeah, no problem. I, uh, so there's actually, there's a couple different winter themed events going on in the next week the first one obviously winterlude uh which starts on january 30th that's friday i believe and it runs until february 16th uh have you guys been to winterlude it's i i have uh, previously uh it, there are a lot of people so don't expect to skate fast <laughs> yeah. but it, it's it's always a good time i i i like it's like a it's a party on the canal, really. Like, well, is, it, is it just on the canal or is it outside the uh, canal? Well, too? It, you know I, what I, I really learned know. is there's Winterlude and what is it, Val de Neige? So oh, okay. it's Gatineau's version of Winterlude, which is like a, in uh, Jacques Cartier Park. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. They have like ice sculptures and stuff. Yeah, and, like, those are so slides. cool. Like, they build like a play structure out of ice. Yeah. So they, yeah, yeah, exactly. So they, they do a whole event on that side. And then there's also uh, ice sculptures near the... Uh, uh, Confederation Park, right? Yeah, that's what it is. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's all kinds that. of stuff going on. Like there's a bunch of Christmas lights and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, people it, it, doing all this, like huh. giant ice sculptures. There are cool. concerts as well. It's uh, it's a great time. That's yeah. this weekend. It starts this it weekend. Starts. It goes until it's like a month. It it oh, well okay. this time it's three weeks. But I, I feel yeah. like um, maybe this is just global warming and like my own perception. But it feels like it gets shorter every year. Now it's only it's only like eighteen days. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's yeah, great. I feel like it used and to go mainly quite on a bit weekends longer. anyway. Right. Is that the, the majority of the events are on weekends, but yeah. it runs all the way through. Yeah. That's right. Huh. Anyway, that's cool. So that starts on that starts on Friday. Friday. Yeah. Uh, there's also, uh, this is kind of an interesting event. So on Saturday to celebrate the 200th birthday of Sir John A. Macdonald, a group led by Don Cummer will be leading the Sir John A.'s Great Canadian Kilt Skate from from Fifth Avenue to the NAC, the National Arts Centre. Cool. Uh, So this is, this is a guy, he's been doing this for years. Uh, basically he just puts on his kilt and, uh, and a jacket and some uh, knee socks and nothing else. And uh, just skates the canal. He it, it's his birthday. He shares a birthday with Sir John A. Uh, just, just some guy. That's convenient. Yeah. So wow. he, he he's been doing it for a really <laughs> long. For himself. Yeah. <laughs> he's been doing it for a really long time. And so the 
he ended up meeting up with people from uh, this Scottish council of, of Canada. And there's, there's apparently some money that was set aside for Sir John A's 200th. And he ended up joining up with them and, and get getting some of this money to promote this event. And there are three events going on in cities uh, around Canada as well. And so this, it turned into this huge thing. So he's getting a bunch of people, encouraging them to wear kilts. And uh, like, if you're not, if you don't have red hair, get like big red wigs yeah. and whatever yeah. tartan you have. Uh, so he was, he was also, <laughs> you have. there you go. <laughs> yeah. he, he was asked about the viability of wearing a kilt while skating. And he says he's been doing it for years and the cold has never been a problem. Uh, and he also was quoted as saying, Ladies. it's not like Marilyn Monroe and the subway event. The kilt is weighted and pleated so that they swing. I'm not sure what he's referring to when he says they swing. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he says, in all the years I've worn one, I've never revealed my secrets. Because that's so. what you want to refer to. <laughs> that. Yeah. What do you guys think about this 200th birthday stuff? Like when they say it's someone's 500th birthday or something. I, it's not really, really a birthday. I, I don't mind the 500th. I, I don't mind the 100th and the 500th. The bicentennial still has, it's a word though. Yeah, I get it, I guess. But it's, yeah. not, it's not a birthday. It's like if I divorce my wife, it's like a, we're going to keep celebrating anniversaries. <laughs> it's not the same thing. It's similar. He's dead. But it, that's a, it's like, <laughs> we're celebrating him as a person. Like every year we take that opportunity because there's no other, there's no like Sir Johnny McDonald Day. It should be. Isn't well, there? Like Canada a, Day is kind of that, I guess. Yeah, there but. you go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm against it. <laughs> Okay, I'll say it. You're against yeah, happiness and birthdays. <laughs> uh, and sweaters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like that's a, that's a fact where it's just like, oh, it's the birthday. And I, I, I would just acknowledge yeah, it. Okay, I mean, great. This guy shares the birthday. See, I'm not going to do anything yeah. about it. It's Although, 200. People, I mean, people 200 who celebrate like Alexander Keith's birthday. Well, I guess that's just that's an just excuse. That's just Alexander <laughs> Keith. That's it. Convenience. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Uh, so the last event here is the the Gatineau Winter Beer Fest, uh, Festibier. Uh, so this oh. is happening this weekend. It's, it's uh, happening at the Canadian Museum of History, which used to be the Museum of Civilization. Uh, apparently, it runs from five p.m. till two a.m. on the Saturday and Sunday. Great. Uh, it's ten bucks to get in, fifteen dollars if you show up, or ten dollars if you buy tickets now, fifteen there, and they have a hundred beers from twenty five different breweries. Cool. That's pretty cool. Okay. So if you if you don't want to go to Winterlude. Uh, you can go and drink beer in Gatineau. Makes sense. <laughs> I went to that. Uh, this particular? Festa beer. Yeah? The, the summer okay. one, though. At the museum of... No, the winter, the winter one. one. Okay, yeah. cool. And? It's was, it pretty good. Yeah? It's a beer festival, so, like, yeah. it's going to be it's expensive gonna be, and crowded. It's going to be okay, though. But it's way better than the ones they have in, like, on Spark Street they did one. Yeah. Okay. Also in the winter. So do you pay to get into the festival? Yeah, you pay to okay. get in, and then you also and then pay, you buy credits pay for beer. For yeah. beer, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. So, Kind of a money grab, but yeah. it was it's it's uh, the better of other beer festivals. I think cool. it's a good money grab. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's all indoors. Yes, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, okay. I think they have like an outdoor like patio with heat lamps. Okay, mm. cool stuff. Huh. I was I was driving. <laughs> Didn't have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, you don't want to drive to a beer festival, yeah, I guess, no. yeah. <laughs> unless you're doing like the Uber Uber situation yeah. where like you're a driver and making money. But yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, all right. Yeah, well, so that's, uh, that's cool. what's going down in my town. Great. So we talked about how you started uh, what was originally a life of, or a year of productivity. Yeah. Uh, and then you spoke here and there about you're doing a book. Do you want to speak to what got you into writing the book and what opportunity sort of presented itself? Yeah, it was it, it was kind of this crazy opportunity because I never expected to get those, you know, one, one or two million hits on the website. <clears throat> I, I didn't expect people to to connect with this idea as much as they did. 
I expected maybe like my mom and my girlfriend and maybe maybe a few thousand other people throughout yeah. the course of yeah. of the project to to visit it, but mm-hmm. but not to the scale that it kind of happened at. So you're ruling out that it wasn't just them clicking a bunch of tabs. No, Google Analytics. <laughs> yeah, Google <laughs> Analytics. Yeah, I, I made I checked. Yeah, I okay. double, I double and triple checked. Good for, for you, for man. sure. That's good. Uh, but but as it kind of snowballed and the project, uh, I could see the year long end coming. Yeah, you know I. I thought, you know, oh crap, you know, what what am I going to do now? And I wanted to keep the ball rolling forward. So I I turned a year of productivity into a life of productivity um, just as a reason to keep going with this because, you know, it was going well. I I was invited to speak at at several different places. Um, So, you know, it it was going well. And then I, I talked, I got in touch with, uh, with my agent who's now my agent. She, she was, uh, just a reader before. And she asked me, you know, have you thought about doing a book about this project? And I was kind of in the middle of doing a, a book proposal at the time. Oh. And she said, you know, I love what you're doing and I'd love to represent you. Um, and so we kind of worked together. We put our heads together for several month, months to come up with this idea for this book. Um, it'll probably be called The Productivity Project. Um, you know, we might go back and forth a, yeah. a, a bit on the name because it sure. sounds like a you know the happiness project a bit. That, right. That's that's where I'm uncomfortable with it. Okay. But, the but project. Yeah, the mini project. There, there's <laughs> another project. There, there's a lot of projects out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but you know it could be a good name. It could be a marketable name. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Um, and so once we decide on a name, I'm in the middle of writing the book right now. You know, as part of that that daily routine from nine until one every day, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I write the book, and uh, and it's going to be published through Penguin Random House. Uh, so that's it's, a big deal. Yeah. So it, it's, it's this incredible opportunity to, to share what I've learned to, to even more folks with the mm, book. So sure. I, I'm so pumped for it. That's fascinating that it was a reader who became your agent. Yeah. It's not like you sought somebody out. It was like, Oh, you know, I love your work and I'd love to help you sort of along. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's, so, so it worked out for, for everyone. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's when you know, it's not just your mom and your yeah. sister. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. 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 That's, that's great. And Chris with those, that 1 million, 2 million hits, you obviously have a fan base or a I don't following. I, I, or, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't mean yeah, to say fan base. Following, and, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, following. Yeah. Do you, and do you have a handle on what the the demographic is? Like what? Yeah, who it's, you're talking to? Yeah, it's you know I thought it would be more men than women to yeah. be honest, but it's split right down the middle. Yeah. It, it's about half women that visit the site and half men that visit the site. You know, which is incredible. I thought productivity with the, you know, maybe this is just the way things are structured. Maybe this is kind of a, a of maybe a bias. I, I don't know what the word is, mm-hmm. but yeah. maybe a bias that I that I had built into my mind that you know everybody that I kind of knew in the productivity space was a male, but it turned out that half of the the folks that visited my site were women, which is awesome. Yeah, um, it, it was a lot of students. Um, in oh. fact, there's a lot of students and predominantly, you know, folks that are just entering the workplace yeah. who mm-hmm. are, you know, 18 to 25, uh, 25 to 35 year olds who are just okay. kind of entering the workplace and, and trying to figure out how to get ahead yeah. in the workplace. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're very tech savvy too. Uh, right. Yeah. V- very tech savvy folks. They, they love the latest apps and they love kind of doing what they can to get that extra you know, mm-hmm. one or one or two percent sure, sure. <laughs> done every day. So, <laughs> so, you know, that that that's an incredible part, too, is is this audience that kind of built up over the course of the year. Um, you know, I've had the chance to connect with so many just brilliant people and pick their brains about how they get so much done every day. Yeah. So it's been a fascinating journey uh, in that regard, too. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. Really exciting. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of folks from Russia, too, oh, which yeah. is oh, yeah. very weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something <laughs> I'd expect, I guess. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's it's interesting that that you know you, you you're learning all this about productivity, and then you spoke to your schedule earlier, and it makes me wonder, like, what do, what's your opinion on the the, the standard eight to five schedule? I think that's a relic from the factory sorry. area. Okay. Yeah. From the factory era. Yeah. You know, in the, it used to be that everybody worked in factories. Sure. And you worked from nine to five. You cranked out widgets during that time. And then you went home. Yeah. And your work didn't come with you. Yeah. But yeah. We, we live in a completely different world now yeah. than we did before. Productivity isn't, no, it's no longer about how efficient you are. Right. It's about how much you accomplish at the end of the day. Yeah. You're no longer paid to make widgets. You're paid to achieve you know very very specific and very measurable things to whoever you work for including if you work for yourself um you know when somebody says they work a nine to five work day you know one of the things that pops into my head is what if you're the most what if you're an early riser and you're the most productive from 6 a.m to 9 Mm a.m and instead of working for your employer instead of them benefiting from how much energy you have and creativity you have during that time you know, you're at home starting your own project sure. and, and doing your own work there while you're kind of exhausted the rest of the time. Yeah. Or what if somebody's a night owl and they're the most productive from, you know, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m.? Sure. They're at home playing yeah. you know, video games. <laughs> they're, they're at home, you know, starting their own companies sure. while yeah. you have them working for you between the hours of 9 to 5. Um, you know, especially, you know, one of, the, one of the main things I learned from my project is productivity isn't just about time. You know, there are three ingredients that you combine every day to become more productive. There's your time, right? You know, everybody knows that. But there's also your attention and how well you can focus. And there's how much energy you have. And where your time, your energy, and your attention meet in the middle, that's how productive you are on a day-to-day basis. It's no longer about the nine-to-five. It's about your energy, too. And it's about how much focus you have, too. Um, and so kind of having this regimented work day, this nine to five work day, it's yeah. kind of this leftover uh, relic from this factory area, yeah. uh, from the factory era. That's another thing that's hard to say. That I don't think should be around anymore. You yeah. know, the most productive people, they work when they have the most energy, not when they're told to work. Sure. Right. The, uh, I've, I've heard an interesting things. Uh, it was Henry Ford that actually, or he was one of the pioneers of the nine to five day. And before him, it was actually longer hours than that. Mm-hmm. And he cut it down so that people could actually put the money that they're making in his factories back into the economy. Yeah. And so people have been saying for years now, I mean, at least a couple of decades, if not longer, that we should be working less yeah. for, for not as much, like not comparatively less money that we should be making more per hour working less uh, again to, to boost the economy because yeah. we don't need this many man hours. Most of the eight hour workday for most people is just wasted. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think over the course of an eight-hour workday, even if you're there for four, uh, for you know, twelve hours, you end up doing about four hours worth yeah, of work. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> over the course of that time, uh, there there have been a lot of studies I, I've encountered over the course of the year and you know beyond, before and after that year, mm-hmm. that that says that the ideal number, the the optimal number of hours to work every week is thirty-five. 35. When you when you yeah. work more than thirty-five hours, you you have productivity gains in the short term. But in the long term, your perceived productivity is greater than how productive you actually are. And so okay. you think you're very productive, right. probably because you feel less guilty about <laughs> you know, not working a 35-hour week. <laughs> yeah. But it, when you look at how much you actually get done over the course of the day, you get less done working more than 35 hours than you do for working that ideal 35-hour week. 
Sure. Mm. Well, that's fascinating. Yeah, well, eventually, I think, I don't think people have come around yet, sort of people that have political power or anything like that to change society. But there's been a lot of talk about stuff like basic income that would allow people to work less hours and be more productive at work. I Myself, I think I am more of a, a night owl. Yeah. And I purposefully structure my, like, I'm not like that I'm dead in the morning, but I structure my workday to be, to start at seven, finish at three. Mm-hmm. Because I know, like, I'm trying to do stuff outside of work yeah. as well. And so I, and that's I, where you my do most your best productive yeah. time is out of work. And I yeah. do that on purpose. Yeah. But it's not that I'm unproductive at work. I get my stuff done, but it's, I find it really interesting here that, uh, I, I consider you somewhat of an expert in this field. And so I, I feel like hearing that from, from you is yeah. it's kind of validating the way I feel about it. Cool. Yeah. 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 You know, they're, they've done studies that show that everybody's kind of wired differently. Yeah. Um, people are, you know, predisposed to being a morning bird and a night. By, by the way, your wake up time, um, this is another cool study. It has no bearing on your socioeconomic standing. Huh. So, you know, your income isn't affected by the time you wake up. It's what you do with your hours after you wake up <laughs> that, that indicate, you know, how your socioeconomic standing. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. You, you know, there, there's, they've done studies that show that everybody's wired differently. You know, some people have more energy in the morning. Some people have more energy at the night. I don't have much energy right now because I have a cold, but that's beside the point. (laughs) Uh, But, and I like to call this time of your day, your biological prime time. And, you know, I talked about these uh, high return tasks, you know, the the report versus watching Netflix. You know, you have these tasks in your work that produce more uh, per minute that you spend on them than any other task. And it's when you have the most energy that you should be doing those tasks. And the rest of the time you should be doing, you know, kind of these BS tasks, like these kind of maintenance tasks, like checking your email and attending meetings. You know, you should really protect that time, whether it's in a workplace environment, whether it's, you know, working a shorter hours like like you do. So you can, you know, do something that's meaningful uh, in in that span of time. You know, your your biological prime time differs depending on who you are. Mine is... Uh, between 10 a.m. and uh, noon, which is in the prime of my writing time, and between 4 p.m. and 6, which is in the prime of my reading time when I'm kind of winding down the day. So how did you find those times? Did you you go through and test each hour throughout the day? For for three weeks, and this is one of the experiments (laughs) I did during the the project, um, I charted how much energy I had every hour on the hour for... 21 days and I cut out all caffeine. Um, I cut out all alcohol and I woke up naturally during that time as well. So I I could have this kind of natural reading on, you know, kind of my body's natural rhythm, the way it's programmed without all these kind of, uh, these kind of drugs. Let's be honest. Alcohol is a drug. Caffeine is a a drug, um, interfering with that. And I cut out sugar as well. Cool. That's so neat. Yeah. Get to like free, uh, Align your body or like retune, yeah, yeah. tune into to your your rhythm and yeah. and realign your day around yeah. when you align, have the most energy. Yeah, there you go. What, what were you saying? Realign. I said retune. A retune. Yeah. Oh, you were looking else. for three. Realign. realign. Yeah. Realign. Yeah. yeah. They. Uh, I've also heard. I don't know if you have heard of this or maybe you tried this, but um, when people are when people are sort of left uh, in what we consider sort of natural sunlight as opposed to having artificial light, mm. uh, that you fall into a pattern where you're. You go to sleep for four hours, wake up for a couple hours in the middle of the night, yeah. and then go back to sleep for four hours. Have you heard that? Yeah. Have and, you... and, and your body's also 
meant to, to, you know how you feel like there's not enough hours in the yeah. day? It's because your body has a 25-hour clock and not a, <laughs> not a 24-hour clock. Ah, interesting. Uh, w- one of the experiments I did um, was living in total isolation for 10 days. So I, I didn't talk to any people. I didn't experience any sunlight. And I, I expected the isolation component to be more powerful than the no sunlight component. Right. Um, but the sunlight component, it totally took over that experiment. And yeah. my energy levels were, you know, I was wide awake at 4 a.m. and, huh. you know, sleeping in the afternoon yeah. because my body didn't know when it was daytime outside because sure. I didn't have that exposure. Yeah. Um, you know, the sunlight, it regulates your body's melatonin production. So it tells you when to become tired and it tells you when to wake up. Sure. Um, th- that's why I feel so great to wake up with the sun because yeah. that, that's, yeah. that's the way your body right. is, is meant to, oh, meant to behave. Um, and it, it regulates that. That's why, you know, if you work, um, I was crossing the border a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and the border crossing guard, you know, I noticed there's no natural lighting in there and he was exhausted. And I asked him, you know, you know, do you get exhausted when there's no windows where you're working? <laughs> and he says, yeah, but in fact, yeah. you know, I alternate between this office where there's no windows and another office where there are plenty of windows. And I, my sleep is shot when I have no natural lighting. Um, my workday shot, I have no energy. You know, I, I'm awake in the middle of the night. I feel sleepy in the middle of the day. Um, and you need that natural lighting. Yeah. Um, you know, people who work by windows, I, I think, I think there is a, I, I'm, you know, I can't remember the exact study, but there was a study done on call center employees yeah. where they looked at, the productivity based on sales of the people who sat next to the windows versus the people who sat where there were no nat- where there was no natural lighting and the people who sat next to the windows i think the figure was they were they had 300% more sales yeah. than wow. everybody else oh, I've heard that, like that that's how big of an impact natural lighting can have yeah. on how much you get done every day yeah. you know going for a nature walk it it's been shown to actually lower lower your cortisol levels, the amount of stress hormones yeah. that are coursing through your veins, it lowers those. Hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. It, it's fascinating. We, yeah. We had a guest on uh, previously, uh, and he works for, um, I think, Treasury Board, Government of Canada. And he worked on the initiative called Workplace 2.0. And Workplace 2.0 cool. is this thing where yeah. they're, they're, they're looking at sort of the layouts of offices and the way things are, are, are sort of designed in yeah. government workplaces. And one of the big things that they're going to do is currently in a lot of government buildings, ours, well, it's not a government building, but, but yeah. we work for government, yeah. Rob and I, yeah. uh, is we have uh, offices all along, at least in my department, there's offices all along the perimeter. So all of these offices have windows, yeah. but anybody in sort of the bullpens don't have uh, okay. any natural light, yeah. really, unless the doors are open. <clears throat> yeah. And Workplace 2.0 is reversing that. So any offices that might exist, and there will be fewer, it'll be closer to the core of the building yeah. whereas natural light is pretty much accessible to everybody else good which is interesting yeah and it's right in line with what you're saying and that, that's kind of that's kind of where i sat with my project is kind of the intersection between science and the workplace yeah. because yeah. you know knowing about the science is one thing but sure. you need somebody to kind of bridge the gap yeah. between the academic stuff that makes sense. And, and the actual workplace yeah, to, to actually tell folks what's going on out there. Yeah, I get that. And, and it's it's a good thing that people are, you know, it's the government, so it'll probably take a couple decades for that to fill the gap. <laughs> but at least. But at the very we'll least, retired, maybe but, a yeah. century or two, no, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe a bicentennial. <laughs> That's you know, then, then, then we'll have natural lighting in yeah, the government buildings. Go. But maybe maybe then we finally won't have the nine to five in government there you go. Uh, as well. Who knows? But 
<laughs> yeah, it's 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 awesome to hear that yeah, that's filtering yeah, it's, down. It's, it's good. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Were you just in a basement for ten days? How did you? Yeah, I was in the basement. <laughs> How did you deprive well, yourself of natural life for ten days? It was in the basement. I kinda, oh, it was in the yeah, basement. It was in the basement. I kind of quartered off a part of the basement. Oh, Chris, that's horrific. Yeah, it's terrible. Oh it's probably the worst ten days of my life. Yeah. I got so depressed. Like I'm yeah, not. So, oh, I'm not man. one to get depressed, but yeah. I got like yeah. my mood was shot. And so, what, what did you do? You had no electronics or no like what? I, I had a laptop. Okay, so I could capture my thoughts. I, right. I made a few videos during the. Oh yeah. The, that experiment. <laughs> Are they yeah. online somewhere? They're online. So Somewhere, yeah, on Did my you, site. If you search for, they it, it turned just, out very yeah. creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's very creepy. Yeah, it went insane. Grow, no, I, I didn't grow a bigger insane. beard. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cast away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fall in love with a beard. I, I actually wrote. The, I actually wrote the only non-productivity related article um, oh. on my site during that time, and it was a, like an. It was about the dehumidifier. That was in the basement <laughs> with me. It was kind of like my version of uh, what? What was it? Wilson. Wilson. And, yeah. And the the dehumidifier was named Danby. You know, it was nice. a Danby oh, brand yeah, dehumidifier. Yeah, yeah. And so, I, I think if you search uh, uh, my site like an ode to the dehumidifier, it'll come up. But like nobody read that article. But I, it just felt oh, so great to. Uh, that's so good to do drink so. water, right? Yeah, I'm drinking to drink water. Yeah, yeah. That's dehydrated. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's great. That's uh, you know, like people say that, like, oh, ten, I spent ten days in the basement, and you just kind of gloss over that. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just like thinking about yeah, actually the whole that. days. Yeah, that's that's outrageous. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. yeah. Good for you. And, and you're about to tell a story, so yeah. And your productivity <laughs> was not great. No, it, it wasn't great, and, <laughs> and you know, a, a huge reason for that, in addition to the sunlight, was the people. You know, people are what make productivity meaningful. Um, in, in a really, really huge way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that's a big oversight by a lot of people who write about productivity. You know, they see it as this efficiency and this, this a way to uh, become more robotic. Mm-hmm. And they forget about all the people because they're working so much right. um, on becoming more productive. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, the reason you should want to become more productive in the first place is to, you know, let, let's say you have eight hours of work to do every day. If you can accomplish those eight hours of work in five or six hours, you know, that'll free up more time for the things that are actually meaningful to you. You know, that's where I see productivity as fitting in. So you don't have to work these 10, these 11, these 12 hour days. You can work a normal, regular standard size day and have more energy and more focus for the things that are meaningful to you at the end of it, whether it's you know creating podcasts like you do, Rob, whether it's spending time with your family, whether, you know, whatever it is that you like to do. You know, you can do it. Yeah. You know, if you if you work smarter and not just harder. Yeah. I like do, that. do you find other than the the sort of circadian rhythms, do you find there are also rhythms in productivity and motivation throughout the weeks or months? Because I, I find yeah. when, when I kind of I, I, I've been writing a lot for the last three or four years, but I notice that it goes through patterns. Sometimes I'll I'll write I I can write like two or three things a day for a couple of weeks or, yeah. or a month. And then other times it's just like I, I'm smashing my head against a wall trying to trying to get motivation, even though I have ideas of stuff that I want to talk about. Do you do you did you find that at all? In this, some in days you're just not going to have it. You know, there's some mornings I wake up and every single person in the world wakes up when when they don't have enough energy to get through the day. You know, it just happens. You know, some days you hit the gym and you feel so great before, <laughs> and then you just kind of die when you hit the gym for no apparent reason. And and that happens, you you know, that's kind of, you know, there are these seasonal rhythms too. Um, You know, for example, my energy gets lower in the wintertime. 
um, because I get, you know, you're exposed to less vitamin D. Yeah. Um, and I, I think there's a seasonal, seasonal, seasonal affect affective syndrome. Disorder. Yeah. 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 I, I have a bit of that. Yeah. You know, less than, less than other people, but I have a bit yeah. of that. I can feel my energy, um, you know, lowering in the wintertime. So I make an effort to combat that by huh. exercising more, by taking vitamin D to yeah. compensate for those things. There, there are rhythms and, you know, there are other ones throughout the day too. Um, you know, the biological prime time that you have, um, interestingly, you're the most creative right when you wake up, you know, even though you might not have the most energy, right. you're definitely the most creative because your mind is in this kind of wandering state where it's, you know, connecting disparate ideas and, you know, bringing ideas together right. that you wouldn't have considered otherwise. That's what creativity is. Sure. Creativity yeah. is the same as wandering and connecting things. Sure. And, and that's that's exactly what your mind does at the beginning of the day. That's why I write in the morning, because yeah. that's when my, my prefrontal cortex wanders the most, the logical part of my brain. <laughs> yeah, right. um, and, and, you know, it's uh, there are these rhythms that we have, and they vary depending on the person, for sure. Um, but, you know, there are rhythms to energy, there are rhythms to creativity, there are rhythms over the course of the year to yeah. how much, how much of everything that you have as well. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. What do you guys say we jump to a uh, speed round? Sure. Speed round. <laughs> speed yeah. round. All right. Speed round is our segment. In case you've never heard the phrase speed round before. <laughs> it's a segment where it's a common thing. We, uh, we ask our guests a series of rapid fire questions. Some of them are silly. Some of them are gravely serious. Wow. So it's up to you to figure out which ones are which. Okay. And answer <laughs> there will be a couple trick ones that you <laughs> think they're serious, but they're, but they're silly. Very silly. Yeah. <laughs> or there'll be some ones you think are silly, but then they're serious. And then we get offended when you joke, jokingly answer. We'll go, oh. I hope you murder. <laughs> well. We'll be like, oh, Chris, yeah. that's a bad taste. Yeah. <laughs> this this podcast is over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it'll be two minutes on... Do you have a clock on that? I do, yeah. Oh, wow. super. I, I, I never like look at you when I ask you what <laughs> you're doing. Technology. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right, so we've got two minutes on the clock. <laughs> yeah. A timer is not the a most advanced. A clock on a laptop? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty advanced. Yeah, yeah, I never. <laughs> uh, time. It's funny because I actually just Googled, I Googled two-minute timer, and that's... Oh, you got a custom yeah. one. Google, Google will give you a two-minute timer built really? into the search yeah. results. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Google does that. Yeah. Fine technology. Google is that so is advanced. Cool. Yeah. Timers. <laughs> I, I think, you know, how people predict the trends. Yeah. I think 2015 is the year of the timer. Interesting. Calling it here right it. now. Hmm. Yeah. So we're going to okay. title this episode. Yeah. <laughs> 2015, the year, the, the year of the timer. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I of the timer. Oh. Mm. No. No. All right. Uh, All right. Here, here we go. go. Okay. There Rob's going to start. Okay. What was your most productive experiment over the year of productivity? Meditating for 35 hours over the course of the week because it allowed me more focus and mental clarity than anything else. Awesome. Boxers or briefs? <laughs> Boxer briefs. Ah, all right. Yeah. Best how, many, how many push-ups have you done in a row? I don't do push-ups. So 10? That's pretty good. I'll try after Marks. the podcast. In, in this year, what was the least hours of sleep you have got in, a, in one night? What was the shortest sleep? I I defend my sleep religiously, okay. so probably six or seven. All right. Yeah. How many hours a day do you meditate? Point five. Hmm. Uh, favorite Ottawa restaurant <laughs> or a a Ottawa restaurant? <laughs> a a Ottawa re Burger King. That you like? <laughs> uh, Becta. Wow. Oh. Favorite Disney movie. This is so sad, but I've. 
barely seen any Disney movies. That's make it easy. The Lion King. Oh, that's a pretty yeah. good one. I've never seen it. Oh, what? <laughs> it's the only one I could think of. I don't watch movies. Do you ever uh, do any of your writing in a coffee shop? Yes. About a quarter of it. Oh, okay. Um, favorite thing about Ottawa? The people. I'm going to come around. Favorite book? Pride and Prejudice. Okay. Uh, what age would you like to stick at? To stop. Stop aging. Oh, tw- right now I'm doing great. Nice. 25, yeah. <laughs> stuff. What would you never do? Kill a man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That it's the first thing that. Not sky. You, you just skydive before that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> whoa. If you could do any other thing for a living, what would you do? Kill it. No, not kill it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're ending there, strangely. <laughs> no, not, not kill people. Um, <laughs> I, I have no idea. You, I, so this is it. I, I can't imagine doing happy anything here. else. Great. I'm perfectly happy. This is, <laughs> That'd be funny. I'm someone, as curious as I want to be. If someone directly contradicted themselves yeah. in the speed round. Like, what, what would we do if they were serious? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, if I answered that well? seriously. Yeah. I enjoy killing people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Read the book. Read the uh, book. <laughs> Buy my book in 2016. <laughs> uh, with that said, we uh, we are out of time. What? So, yeah, it's, what? It, we're at, at, at an hour. So, that flew by, just, man. Just about. That flew by. So, do you, ha- well, what would you like to promote? Like, obviously, you have oh, a website, you're I, I don't have things. much. Just, uh, if you want to become more productive, check out my website. Which is? Alifeofproductivity.com. I, I'm not like a really promotion kind of guy. No, that's all but right. It, yeah, that's yeah. my site, alifeofproductivity.com. Uh, you can check out, we, we made like a video about, uh, about my year, about my year-long experiment uh, yeah. on that website. And you can check out all the articles that I got. Uh, that I wrote. There are no ads. There's no sponsorships. There's like one of those annoying newsletter pop-ups that comes up <laughs> occasionally, but you know, you click the X and you never see it again. <laughs> so, so, so hopefully you find those articles helpful. Okay. Um, I'm on Twitter. I have two accounts. Okay. Um, what are they? My work one is a L O productivity yep. for a life of productivity. Cause mm-hmm. the life of productivity is too long. Right. And my personal one is wiggle chicken. So you can follow me there one. too. I like it. <laughs> Two everyday words. Yes, that's right. And I think, if I remember correctly, on your website there are links to play, like other podcasts or other places that where you you might you might have talked or yeah or, yeah, which is kind of cool. Yeah, so if you want more of that, you can see the the interviews. There's like a I think it's called a I think I called it a press page or something yeah, something like that. Yeah. Right, yeah. To, to interviews and other podcast, oh, you, you can scroll you, down the page a bit and see what other podcasts. Yeah. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah. You're a Chris Bailey junkie. Well, I am after this. Place. I don't know. <laughs> did did you do a TEDx talk or something like that? Yeah, yeah. It was at it was at a TEDx event in Gatineau. Very cool. And so That's that awesome. that like if you go to the speaking page on my website, yeah. it's it's right on that page as well. Cool. So you can check that out if you're oh, curious. Good stuff. All kinds of things. Yeah. So, so we're not doing this out. classic Ottawa Ottawa thing. Uh we're out of time. That's, uh, that's I'm sorry, right. I took all the time. No, if Amon good. had written any of these jokes, we'd be doing we'd it. We'd be doing it, but I, I, I didn't, and I'd be the one reading it. And let's, let's pass. So, uh, Keegan, where can uh, they find us? You can find us at ottawapodcast.com. Mm-hmm. You can email us at mail at ottawapodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> two for two. We there have a go. Twitter. You could search Ottawa on Twitter, and we'll probably there come you up. Go. 
Yeah. What? Yep. The handle? Uh, Autowhatpodcast.com. No. Keegan <laughs> does not understand Twitter. That's what I'm learning. I really, I really don't. My, la- my last tweet was Diablo 2 yeah, forever that- or something. Yeah. Oh. Something insanely old. Wow. <laughs> I posted on and never played it again. But, uh, um, yeah, send us a message or rate an episode. Yeah, I was going to say, if if you have been mooching off of us for free entertainment for 37 hours, uh, go and like rate us on Stitcher Radio or iTunes, because that's how people find the show. Boom. It's very easy to do. Oh, it's yeah. like one click. You want to subject more people to us. Then yeah, right. Make our egos even larger. We highly recommend it. (laughs) Uh, Oh, by the way, I want to apologize for my cold voice. I've had to cough a few times. I've I have the sniffles, but the whiskey is helping. So thank you, thank you so much for that. Like a raw, like a Neil deGrasse Tyson kind of of thing. Yeah, pretty warm sounding voice to me. Oh, hey, hey, (laughs) hey, hey, yes, sir. Uh, Chris, we like to end our episodes with our guests. Saying Ottawa, what, however they like, and then we chop I'm going to do my old man voice All right, for all the right. Ottawa. Let's hear it. Hey, the wait, hey.